The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's going this town tonight Hey, welcome to the Formula Sports Talk We are live here in Arizona It is 9.02 uh, I got... Deborah Debris, yourclearedge.com in the studio once again. Yeah, Alex Clancy, Clancy's Corner. We'll get a little taste of that on the second segment. But how you? How was you guys uh, Thanksgiving? It was good. I, I haven't eaten and slept so much in four in a four day span in a long time. I think I'm just now finishing the Thanksgiving food. I think it's out the house now. I'm, I'm on pieces now, and I don't even like cheese. <laughs> Cheese for Thanksgiving. It goes with turkey, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like ketchup and mayo with it. You're you know, some macaroni and cheese is good, but I, I just oh. I can't do cheese. My stomach be bubbling up, and it'd be over for the day. Well, yeah, and I, I saw can't you get shuffling through. in here. So, yeah, I have to pick the legs up anymore. I can't, I can't get through my day with uh, with that type of atmosphere, and, and it's just crazy. But Thanksgiving was good. I had a, you know a few people at the house. Um, we did a lot of things. I was on the move as well. But let me, I, let me rant for it. You you were talking about Bob Costa ranting. Let me rant. I went to McDonald's this morning to get a cup of coffee. You see my cup of coffee right here. That is the worst, in my opinion, for me, the experience I've had, the worst place to go in the morning. McDonald's, in my opinion, the experiences I've had with them on 3185 South Alma School Road. <laughs> really? <laughs> is, this on, is this based on service or is this based on food Sir, quality or both? <laughs> McDonald's used to be my favorite place growing up. I was a kid, and now I, I mean, I'm watching so many YouTube stuff. Mickey I'm a, D's. I, I, yeah, it was Mickey D's then. You it was, betcha. It's McDonald's now, but you know, I'm, I'm a YouTube YouTube junkie. I'm not watching Clancy's Corner, but I'm a YouTube hey. junkie. <laughs> um, and I, I look at a lot of stuff that you do to food, and I'm not saying McDonald's. Want, well, you can check for yourself. But the question is, Deborah. The answer to your question is, I think it's more of a service. Yes. It's early in the morning. You got one person, three registers, one person training, working to register. The line is out the door. I spent 17 <laughs> minutes in line to order a cup of coffee yeah. and a hash brown. What about the drive-thru? The drive-thru was long. That's why I thought I was beating the system coming right. in. It, yeah. was, it was a long line of th- drive-thru. And as I'm standing in line, these guys are gone. I said, yeah. I could have went through the drive-thru. Yes, you could have. And that's management. It's management. Management not knowing. Two managers. Exactly. Two it's managers. Like, it's What's not, your it's revenue not a five time? Star, it's not a five-star restaurant, though. You're going to get what you're going to get. McDonald's. Well, I, I know. Yeah, I, I but it's, know. it's a billion-dollar corporation. Yes. You know, they ought to have their management figured this out. And I think they franchise, too. So, so whomever right. bought that McDonald's right there. Mm-hmm. And I got the number, uh, 1888 <laughs> I'm calling in because that was crazy. That was crazy. Now, normally I go to Paradise, which is awesome. Normally I go to Starbucks, which is awesome. But I just thought I'd take a chance with McDonald's. 
Well, and that's a chase. At that point, they're losing revenue because they they're losing customers. Not only you, but anybody else in line who's just got ticked off. The woman said, in front of I'm me. I'm not doing that anymore. The woman in front of me says, "It's always like this." And she works right in the same parking lot at a, a doctor's office. The man behind me said he thought he was beat the system too because he was going and he saw the long line and the drive-through. So the woman's a slow a slow learner. She was <laughs> <laughs> she was something slow, but she I tell you what, if you got 20 minutes to waste, then go to, to that McDonald's. There you go. That's all. That's my rant. I just it shouldn't happen in the morning. You know you got a morning rush. You you can't. That shouldn't happen. You got a morning rush. But just from a business sense, it makes no sense. So I know this is a sports show, but I like to talk about some life stuff too. And, and okay. that's why when we go to two hours, we're gonna we're gonna really get into some life situation. And Deborah, this is gonna be right up your alley. I like it. Thank you for that, though. I appreciate that. Don't go to that McDonald's if okay. you want the experience. If you want the experience I had. No. And that's just my personal experience. I'm not saying that's for everybody. So it may work for you, and just it just didn't work for me this morning. Yeah, if you like slow and incompetent, that's yeah. the place to go. Yeah, I'm, I won't go back. I'll go to Paradise. Yeah, I go to Starbucks, which I usually do. Starbucks. So everybody I knows your up. name. They know my own. I'm like I'm like <laughs> Norm over there. Cheers. That's right. We got a lot. <laughs> we got a. <laughs> We got a lot to talk about. I want to talk about some coaches. We got Clancy's Corner. It's probably be some NBA stuff. We'll get into a little bit of that. We don't know the gist of the contracts. It's all, you know, it's all political anyway. I want to talk to you about that MLB MVP award. And then we got Down and Dirty with Deborah. Uh, uh-huh. You guys going to have to do the third segment, I mean, the fourth segment, uh, take over there. But I will call in from the car. I have to make a move. Mm-hmm. Got to be in Ocotillo for some... Got to go get in line again for I your I got to go get in line for some nonsense. <laughs> but there's a lot of y'all. And we might have uh, Kenya Simone call in from WGCI in Chicago. Um, you know, she she always brings a different light to the show. Well, another light, which is a different light. Anyway, we got Jack Del Rio just been fired. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the NFL. There's been a lot of NFL coaches that's about to be fired. You can talk about Sperano or Spagnola. Those guys are going to be gone. There could be... Four more coaches. There may possibly be eight NFL jobs open this year after the season. And right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are getting rid of their coach so they can start their hunt. And there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches out there that's qualified for the job. And Jacksonville, small market team. Uh, they fired Jack Del Rio. I don't know if Jack Del Rio's demise was was his, on his own hands. In his own hands, he was 69 for 73 in nine years. He had uh, two 10 winning seasons, which is which is good. The ten, the ten winning seasons is good, but it was only two of them. He, um, what was it? They got rid of David Garrard five days before the season. Now there's a lot into that. Um, I had him having a conversation earlier this morning about there's arena team that sells more than the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What is that's that's, that's, that's sad. and it's and it's easy to do. It's an arena football team. You can get ten years worth of season tickets at arena football team. The marketing in itself is not that much. That you have to pay for a stadium. When the Cardinals left ASU's uh, Sun Devil Stadium and got into uh, the uh, University of Phoenix, the ticket price went up. So you had a decision if I wanted to pay this much for tickets or be a season ticket holder or just go to certain games. And then if you did want to certain games, you had to buy packages. You have to market this, these things. You have to pay for the new environment you you trying to uh, acquire. Uh, but Jacksonville being a small market team, Jack, Jack, Jack Del Rio uh, being let go after so many years, I don't know if it's fair to him or it's fair to that. Cutting your quarterback five, releasing your quarterback five days into the season, um, there was a lot of issues with that that he had a back problem, and if he just played one day, one game in a regular season, he's guaranteed nine million dollars. So right. them knowing that, now I do have a problem with honoring your contract. This is what I'm talking about. He got hurt playing a physical game. He got hurt at his job on the job site. 
but you know that, so you know you also guarantee he's he's uh, there's your workman's comp. There's your workman's comp. Yeah. Now he can file a case, but what he gets in arbitration and all that is you know who knows. But then you got hurt on your job, um, and the the organizations, the management, they know that. So cut them, not honoring your contract, or let them play and give them nine million dollars. I've never been a huge fan of firing coaches midseason unless it's for sure the coach's fault that things are going wrong. You have a rookie quarterback. You have one. Uh, you have Maurice Jones-Drew, and that's pretty much it. Your defense is kind of lacking. Yeah. You know, you don't really have a stud receiver. I don't really think that it was it was the right move. Maybe either way. You know, you could have fired him now. You could have fired him at the end of the season. What I don't understand is they just gave the GM a three-year extension. <laughs> well, and he's the guy that's uh, responsible for bringing in some of these guys, too. So I just don't understand what they're doing in that situation. They were talking about moving to L.A. I don't think that's happening anymore because I think they're selling the team, and the team's going to stay in Jacksonville as of now. And that's what they said about the Seattle Sonics also, when, when they, Supersonics, when they bought them, and then they ended up moving to Oklahoma City anyways. And you, you make a good point about selling teams. They are talking about selling teams, and there's a lot of minority owners. I think uh, Deron Cherry was one of them, but he was about passed over two or three times. Um, but selling the team and then firing your coach, I think, you know, all this, uh, whether they know uh, of the situation, uh, the management told Jack that I'm sure being there for nine years, he knows that they're possibly going to sell his team. And, and Alex, you mentioned that. They was talking about two years ago moving to L.A., uh, California, somewhere. But, you know, who's going to want this team? Or which well, it's the thing. You've got upheaval, upheaval. You've got confusion. You've got, you know, coaches that don't know who and where they're going to be playing. You've got players that don't know who they're going to be reporting to. You've got an upper management that they can't seem to make up their mind without flipping a quarter two or three times. Hmm. So, you know, it's um, who do you trust? You know, if you're a player on the team, you don't know who to trust. You know, I've got one of my guys on the practice squad, and it's like, what do I do now? You know, I've known what to do to this point, is but what do I do now? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's tough. You're in practice squad, and, and the organization's mm-hmm. in shamble. Um, and, and and why? And Alex, to answer your question, or it's comment on your uh, statement. Um, why are they firing a the coach now? Is so they can be in a race for uh, those guys that are out there right now doing the commentating that's on TV. There's pretty good coaches that's won Super Bowls with their previous team. Yeah, but they're smart. I don't think they jump in mid-season. No, no, no. Especially they, go to Jacksonville. So why? It, it's a lose-lose in that sense. Because a lot of coaches won't take a job if another coach is already there. It's just it's a, it's a system or a, a, a sign of respect. I'm not going to take the job. I'm not going to pl- apply for your job. That's what happened with Harbaugh and uh, Miami. He wouldn't apply for the job, mm-hmm. which I thought would be a great fit for him, mm-hmm. um, not knowing what Sam Fran was going to do yeah, this really. year. But he wouldn't do it because they still had the coach there, and that coach is probably going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sperano is probably going to be fired after the season over with. But... It's just it's a, a sign of respect, I think it is. A lot of these coaches are not going to take the job because they have a head coach and not going to apply for it. Now, if the job is vacant, that's a whole different Yeah, but you're, right? you're, you're telling me that there's no talking being done while there's a coach there that they're going to fire? I mean, come on. There's there's phone calls. There's emails. There's meetings. Oh, what are, that, They're going to know who's going to be the head coach before, like, say he would have lasted the season. John Gruden, whoever, whoever was going to take that spot, mm-hmm. was going to know that. Well, they're going to be... Um, well, it, it'll be a lot of coaches. The coaches that's going doing all the talking is the ones that like uh, Rob Ryan, who's over there in Dallas mm-hmm. right now, who's a defensive coordinator for those guys. It'll be those type guys. It won't be guys who are already to move up. Right, it's looking to move up. Who who will entertain that, and then they're doing it through their uh, agents and the lawyers. But it, I don't think so much it would be a um, guy who's already been a head coach, who's won Super Bowls. Um, 
to undercut another coach because at the end of the day, they may be good buddies. They are. There is a system. You know, you hang out with your guys. Deb, you hang right. out with your people. At the end of the day, you probably hire him to be on your staff. He's just not a good head coach. Noah Turner, not no, a good, I was just going to say. Not a good head I was just coach, say, but they're buddies. I would hire him right. as an offensive coordinator. I would. You don't hire your friends. You hire the best person to fit the job. Right. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't undercut this guy and then our relationship is over some nonsense. I know it's business, not personal, uh, but... You know, it's just like a lot of players, too. I don't want to get off on the coaches, but it's like a lot of players. Dominic Sue, an idiot, stumps one guy not knowing this guy could be his teammate one day. Now, how he's going, how that locker room situation is going to be. So we'll get into that down and dirty with Deborah. Yes, we uh, will. I've got some questions for her on that situation. Now, we've got a lot of college coaches. Let me let me run down some. First, the idiot. Um, <laughs> Erickson? Is that who you're talking about? I meant to say Did Erickson. you see him in line Erickson, Erickson, Was he Erickson, line of McDonald's yeah, this morning? <laughs> Erickson and idiot sounded like to me in my head, and that's how I heard it. So, um, <laughs> not idiot, but Dennis Erickson, uh, Rick Neuheiser, uh, Luke Fickle. Luke is not being fired. He's just being replaced by Urban Meyer. He's, Luke sure. Fickle's going to still be on a organization. He's still probably be the officer coordinator, but Urban Meyer's going to bring his offense in that he had in Florida State. I do want to talk about that clown, Urban Meyer. Um, Ron's clown? Clown. I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Well, we're going to get into I'm it in 30 seconds. Ron Zook, Illinois is fired, but Vic uh, Coning, he's going to take over in the bowl game, get these guys to play. And Turner Gear at Kansas. Here's what I call um, um, Meyer of uh, Clown. Please. Now, he's Lay it not, on me. He's not. I, maybe clown was too harsh a word. Maybe it wasn't the right word, but he's something that's, he's an adjective that, uh, that, that, <laughs> that's, not that that's, that's not positive. <laughs> and, I, and I say this, and, and it's the only reason why. He left Florida, University of Florida, uh, talking about health issues and family issues. This was a year ago. He fixed all that in a year. He had a heart condition, and, and football will do that to you when you're playing on the biggest program. So losing Tim Tebow. And, and no, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be an issue because Tim Tebow was like a son to him, but I don't think. No, I'm saying you lose him. He goes to the NFL. You know their team's not going to be good anymore. So, But Tim Tebow talking. stayed uh, another He stayed four years. So was he there five years? No, I think well, he played. I think he was there four. Yeah, well, he stayed his, uh, four years, so that wasn't a surprise. A junior is a surprise leaving a, a program. But he had health issues. He had uh, family issues. He had to sign a contract with his daughter, who's now 21, uh, that he's going to spend more time at home and not in the office. He wasn't, he's, you know, at University of Florida, SEC, he was looking for perfection. So he was the first one in the building and the last one to leave, never home. Now, there's a lot of coaches like that. And he's a successful coach. He was successful at uh, Utah. He was at Bowling Green, successful. He has a winning um, percentage uh, in his 10-year career. Now he goes to, in a year, he goes to Ohio State. Now, we all have our dream jobs. We all have our dream position, what we want to do, and, and part of your goals in the next five years, three to five years. He wanted to coach Ohio State. He wanted that job. Why use all that just to just say, I'm a retired? Because you mentioned this with other coaches. He knew that job would be open. When that nonsense was going on at Ohio State, prior and all those guys, uh, and I don't think prior did anything wrong, but another subject for another show. Um, he knew this job was going to be open. So as my agent, as my lawyer, get out now, find a way to get out. Well, you can still get paid from Florida, still get your contract because there's a whole different issue while you're leaving, and then sit around, wait, do ESPN, whatever network you was on, sit around and wait, and uh, take the Ohio State job. Yeah, I, it just shows that college football is a business also. You know, I mean, Ohio State's smart. Huge business. Right, Ohio State's smart because they're paying him per year. 
you know, so say say he say he has a relapse and he only coaches a year, he's only going to get a certain amount of the money as opposed to being, you know, the, the, the whole kit and caboodle, you say. So they're taking it as is. They're taking heed to him actually having the health issues, giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he'd lie about that. But, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see what, what goes down over there because that is his dream job. He's from Ohio. Yeah. Well, I don't have a problem taking We're going to take a break, but I don't have a problem with taking your dream job. I mean, but don't sell the souls of the, the kids that you sit in their living room and talk to their parents and say, come to University of Florida, I'm going to take care of you. Now that kid should be able to leave. Another subject, another topic. Yeah, that's another. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Quamla Sports Talk got Alex Clancy in the studio. We got the Clancy's Corner coming up, but I want to get to quickly get rid of this college situation. Down and dirty with Deborah, but not before Clancy's Corner. We'll be back in uh, right. How long, Monk? Sixty seconds, seventy-two seconds for it. flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time outside the ring with david diaz airs every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth-oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week tune in to this is it sports with coach carl hargrave every thursday at 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Formula Sports Talk. I want to talk about McDonald's again since we were talking about it off the air. My claims is corners on Burger King, so you'll be all right. Okay, well, no, we're not going to talk about McDonald's, but it, it was terrible this morning. Hey, let's finish, <laughs> finish up with the uh, coaches, college coaches. Before we get to Clancy's Corner, because we got some good stuff, and it's going to lead us into some other things that we wanted to talk about. Um, Rick Neuheiser gone. He's he's allowed to coach the uh, the uh, Pac-12 championship, but if they do win that game, they go to a bowl game. He's not allowed to do that. I think more so out of respect to he had got him to this point, but he was there for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all these coaches, and I, la- I named all these coaches: Rick Neuheiser, Dennis Erickson, Luke Fickle, and some in some way, shape, or form, Paul uh, Wolf. Who was at WSU nine and forty in four years should have been gone in thirty three years. Yeah. But I think you get coaches four years to change the program around. Uh, Ron Zook and Turner Gill at the University of Kansas only got two years. Now what? With all these coaches fired, and I'm sure there's going to be some more. Do uh, do they have a fair shot at? Uh, because when you go out to scout. Uh, for example, um, it's a sad situation that ho- happened at Oklahoma State where two coaches went out scouting. Uh, their plane ended up crashing. So um, we hope that program is able to rebuild, and not not only just the program, but the families of those two coaches, um, you know, can find some peace with uh, what happened. Tragedy, situ- tragedy, tragedy situation um, at Oklahoma State. 
but with, do these coaches have a fair? Because some budgets, like a I don't know Kansas budget, but I'm figuring it's pretty high. High USC is a private institution. UCLA is not. Do they get to spend the same amount of money to go out and get the same caliber of guys in a, in a NCAA? It, it should be not how much, it should be how smart you are with it. Now, UCLA is a great brand in college sports. Unfortunately, football has been in, uh, inconsequential for the past, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, the better part of a decade. But, but why I say that, not, I'm sorry, but why I say those two teams, uh, UCLA, USC, they're right, right there by each other. Um, but they, how much money can you spend? At UCLA, as opposed to USC, to go get those same caliber guys. You see, USC it seems like their third and fourth string guys could be starting on other teams. They've always got somebody up next. And when you're talking about the next guy, he goes down. Next guy up. We always talk about the next guy up. UCA, USC has that situation over there. But how much money are they allowed to spend? I mean, is it a fair to say that uh, at Illinois? And I, and I mentioned Oklahoma State, where they would find on private jets, where other uh, small private jets, they weren't even good planes, if you can call a plane a bad plane. But they would fly, they don't, they're not flying first class here and there. They're not doing what Michigan State, uh, Ohio State is allowed to do, University of Florida, LSU. And see, if I'm, uh, if I'm looking at it from a player's perspective, just like it was in, corpor- in corporations, um, I'm not looking, I'm, I'm looking somewhat at the, the team as I would look at a corporation, but I'm also looking at who's managing it. Who am I going to work for? Is it a culture that fits for me? Is it something that's going to take me to that next level? Because sometimes even the small colleges are looked at very favorably because they know that they've got quality coaching. So I'm looking at who am, who's going to be around me. Is it going to build me as a player into a better player? And there's a lot of small colleges, and I call Houston at the moment a small mm-hmm. college. But they're sitting, what are they, 11 and 0? Yeah. Their coaches, uh, his coach, the coach there, is mentioning for one of these big time programs. Do he leave or does uh, ASU? Uh, ASU. Right. Um, and then, and I didn't mention uh, uh, Rich Rodriguez, who got hired, and there was a coach that got fired there, that got hired at the U of A. Now he's a, he's been pretty good. I say his tenure at West Virginia was outstanding. Took him to a BCS uh, bowl games. Then he goes to Michigan and just couldn't hang with hang with the caliber of the Michigan. He didn't beat Ohio State, and that's a huge problem if you're gonna be the coach at Michigan when you gotta play Ohio State. You, if you don't, if you can't beat that team, and it's vice versa. Every um, mile he's gonna have to beat Michigan uh, to even stay there. However how good coach he is, he's gonna have to beat Michigan. But you know, you go to those big programs, and and you, Deborah, you mentioned the small programs where. Most of these guys take bus. It's almost like a huge junior car. They take bus uh, unless they go across the country. Right. And I know some some small programs. They go across the country. They leave three days right. on a bus, which is travel time. Travel time. Yeah. Um, but you know they don't. I don't think they have the same amount of financial means that other colleges have. So you can't get the same players. And when Turner Gear was at the um, when he was at the program he was before he came to Kansas, well, he was able to win because you got a certain caliber guys that couldn't get into Division One. It wasn't that they wasn't good. It was because they couldn't get into Division One. He got all the right guys, and that's why he won. I think he it was the MAC conference, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. He was able to win. I can I can look it up. Alex, you may be looking it up. Yeah. But, but you got to have a financial means. Right, and part of it depends on what are you selling when you get there. So if you're you know out there selling a Cadillac, and you know that a Chevy's going to work just as well, you got to look at how can you. Um, take that Chevy and build it up into something that somebody really, really wants. That it's really going to give them the end result that they're looking for. And again, as a as a player and as a 
um, parent of a player, I'm looking at what's the end result I want for my kid. And if it's getting the NFL, then, you know, does this program, is this program that I'm going to, big or small, money or, or not as much money, is it going to build my child in a way that they can get into the NFL, be seen, and then make it when they get there? Right, and it also just shows how much college football is a crapshoot. With coaching, I mean, Rick Neuheisel, again, that was a high-profile job 10, 12 years ago. Right. You and then it just, it's a huge crapshoot with coaches. I mean, you you live and die by the talent that is recruited for you. I think his demise was the last game, regular <laughs> season game, 50 points. 50, was it 50 to 0? 50 to 0. You play USC, and these are your guys that you recruited four years down the road, four years previous. Right. You're playing with your juniors and your seniors, and you lose a game. Fifty to your rival, fifty yeah. to zero, and then you you get a gift to play in the Pac-12 championship game. You're probably gonna lose seventy-two to three against Oregon. <laughs> why why you think uh, USC pounded oh, them, pounded them oh, that way? Oh man, yeah. I feel bad for Rick Neuheisel. So I'd peace out right now if I was him. <laughs> I'd be out. No, because that'd be the worst game to coach. And what are you gonna do if he wins this game? He get to put it on his resume, and then he has another job. There is no right. way in hell he'll that they're a, gonna beat Oregon. No, but he'll get a. He'll get a he'll get another chance if they beat Oregon. I'm, I don't think they'll beat Oregon. It's too much power over there. But he'll be if he wins this game, his resume is that much better because he that's why he was getting all these jobs he was in Colorado, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's tarnished everywhere he's gone. He's cheated. He's done fall. He's done poor recruiting. Colorado, if Washington. You're not cheating. You're not trying to win. I will words to live by. See, I, I, some things I want to say uh, as Mama, far as culture, but I, I, yeah. <laughs> but no, you got to as Deborah. What are you telling these players? You got to, as a coach, you got to go in there and say, your child's going to get an education. He's going, and then he's going to play football. They, it's not in a lot of programs. It, it is not student like student athlete. No, yeah. not in a lot of programs. Be, yeah, exactly. They, they'll, they'll preach it that they won't do it. Okay. Yeah, their behavior, their behavior doesn't match what they tell them. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. You want to join the show? We're going to get into Clancy's corner right now because we got to save some time for this discussion. All right. Ever since I was 13 and could really grasp the complete concept of greatness in the NBA, there's been a player on my home team, the Los Angeles Lakers, woo, that's been in the forefront of the conversation for not only the best Laker ever, but the best player in NBA history as well. While the latter of the two is borderline laughable, given all the great greats that played before him, the best Laker ever is a little tougher to decipher. Of course, I'm talking about Mike Penberthy. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm talking about Kobe Bryant, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know who that was. Come on. <laughs> He's <laughs> he's a Laker all-time regular season uh, points leader. He's played the most games. He's played the most minutes. Has the most three-pointers made while holding the rank of second in both field goals and free throws made, both of which will overtake this year. He's third in assists and seventh in total rebounds and blocks. On top of all these elite statistics, he's atop the rest of Laker lore and playoff stats as well, uh, heading the field uh, field goal um, uh, field goals made. Three-pointers made, free throws made, total points, and total games played. So all of those stats, he's leading. So, I mean, that, that should speak for itself. Uh, do I believe that he's the best Laker ever, though? First, let's briefly look at who uh, his competition is. First, uh, Jerry West, Mr. Clutch. He's the NBA logo. Uh, I don't really need to say much more there. Then you have the most prolific scorer uh, ever, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Skyhook, you know, seven foot four, seven foot five, fine, noted. Uh, but this man is the one that made me think about it the most. This man revolutionized the point guard position. Granted, Oscar Robertson came before him, averaged a triple-double over the span of an entire season, which is ridiculous. But Irvin Magic Johnson, in his 6'9", 255-pound frame, averaged 19.5 points, 11.2 assists, and 7.2 rebounds over his 13-year career. 
His silky smooth elusiveness made his body type and skill set that much harder to shut down. Now, naysayers must, may say that, you know, Kobe had Shaq, or Kobe didn't have the team uh, like there were in the 90s, uh, were in the 80s Lakers. So his numbers are uh, ballooned a little bit because he had to do more. Uh, the Two very true statements. Now, to answer the question, is Kobe the best Laker ever? No. Not right now, at least. Magic Johnson still definitely holds that throne. What the Magic Man did with the 80s Lakers, starting as a rookie, he, he invented Showtime. You, you can't touch Showtime. Now, if Kobe wins two more championships, because they both have five right now, then we'll have a serious discussion. One more probably won't change my answer, but two more it, it, it will definitely be a more serious discussion. But for now, Magic totally reigns supreme. And I mean... Well, it's, 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 you have to put Kobe Bryant in that conversation, but what brings up the conversation is Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, he, he, he said so many bad things since leaving the Lakers, and I thought they, those guys would be a dynasty, and they were for a short time. Then they win three together. They were for a short time, um, but when when it comes management, when it comes down to who do I keep, a dominant center or a uh, dominant point forward or point guard that Kobe is, who can distribute the ball to anybody and make guys better. You're talking about a, a guard or a forward that can make people better. You talk about uh, Michael Jordan. Everybody around that guy, the four guys was on the court with that. Even uh, uh, Stacy was the guy. It's terrible. Stacy King. Stacy King. Terrible. Um, we talked about him a couple months ago. Yes, <laughs> but you make guys around you better, and that's how you win basketball games. These guys have a confidence level because they know you trust them to make that basket when you double and triple team. So Kobe has to be in that uh, conversation. Is he the best Laker in my opinion? I don't think so because you mentioned guys like Magic Johnson. You didn't say J- uh, James Worthy, who's another one of those guys. Right, but he's not top, top. Kareem, but I'm talking about the rings. Take, take, take James Worthy out of there, and I don't know, I think they have like three or four rings. He was an intricate part of what they did sure. in Showtime. Sure. Uh, but Magic was the point guard. He was in Showtime. He, he brought it up. You say Kareem and Jerry West. Come on, you, you talking about some guys. And, and Shaquille could have been that guy if he was still in the Lakers uniform. Uh, but the spotlight is only big enough for one. It's L.A. It should be enough for everybody. But it's not. It's big enough for just a Kobe Bryant. And that's why management decided to keep Kobe instead of Shaq. So he felt like Kobe run, ran him out of town. Well, we're back to looking at statistics. If we look at all the statistics, then it's just, it's facts. It's one fact against another, and you can choose, you know, who's got the most of whatever. If we look at, you know, who's the full player, the one that's actually the leader on and off the court, what are they doing when they're at home as well, you know, in the community and that type of thing? You know, where's the respect from the other players? What, how are they as a strategist in order to put the game together and be able to play under the most critical conditions? And I think all of those things need to be looked at, the relationships that they have with their players, and pull all of that together and then say who is the best Laker ever and not base it just on stats. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that go into it. We're going to take a quick break, but we want to come back and we want to finish up this uh, basketball, Kobe, and then get into some NBA. Then let's get down and dirty. Formula Sports Talk with Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris in the studio. We'll see you back in uh Oh, we'll talk to you in about mm, 70 seconds. Who knows? We're home. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to Kwame Sports Talk. We were talking about the uh, greatest Laker of all time coming out of Clancy's Corner, um, and we and he mentioned uh, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Kareem. There's a lot of good Lakers, and, I, and we were talking that Sha- Shaquille could have been one of those guys. Uh, James Worthy. It was uh, who was else on that squad that was pretty good? The starting five. It was, it was Byron Scott. Byron Scott. It was another guy that um, he was a forward. Slash point, but we'll get to it. Michael, oh, Michael Cooper came off the bench. Cooper, cool. yeah, he was one of them. But you know what? Kobe being the greatest Laker, in some ways, he, you know, he's in a what top three? Yeah, he's great. There's yeah, no he's doubt. top three. Yeah. Who is one he? of the most clutch players of all time? Yeah, and and it's I mean, Endeavor, you was mentioning. There's a lot of things going to it. That, that are those guys that we mentioned? Are they just great in their own right, or do they make other people around them great? And that's one of the things I look at. If you can make somebody around you a much better person, player, uh, and build his confidence up. Because once you lose your confidence in anything you do, it takes longer to get back. But once you have it, it's almost you almost feel like there's a lot of things that you can do. There's Nothing's impossible for you. Right. And well, you're on a roll. One of the huge things that I dislike about Kobe is sometimes he's ironclad, mentally ready, like Tiger, like Tiger mentally ready, and then he goes on these rants of taking seven, eight bad shots in a row. That's something that Michael Jordan never really did. And that's something that Magic Johnson was always cool. You know, he was always cool. He, he got in his players' faces when they were doing something wrong, but it wasn't whining. It was trying to make the team better. And that's another thing that I think the Magic has head and shoulders above Kobe. You know uh, what happened? Go ahead, Deborah. I was just going to say he was Tiger used to be ready. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, is Kobe still throwing chairs and having fits, you know, that kind of stuff. And <laughs> he, needs to get, yeah, he needs to get a little of that under control as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Well, Kobe, for a while, when they were winning... It's easy when you're winning. It, it yeah, is, and yeah. that's and that's when you that's when you talk about one of the great some of the great players. It's easy for the winner, even the guy who's not even the starter on your team. It's easy to go out there and into the public and do certain things or show up and for the camera. That's that's the easy part of it. When you're losing, uh, Kobe had 
a bad team around him for so long. So I think he was frustrated, but he couldn't keep that frustration. I don't know if he was frustrated with the team around him or with the management or he was doing, he had to do so much work. You know, at some point when you get in your career, Kobe don't want to be taking all the shots. And that's why he's looking for, and it's time to shot for these guys with the CBA being over with. That's why he's looking for, a uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, and a Chris Paul. He's looking for some guys to Ooh. take the pressure. Mm. Yeah, back him up because Fisher. Uh, and I like Fisher. I like the dog in him. I like his mentality. Uh, he will hit a clutch shot in 82 games. He will hit about five clutch shots, and they usually in the playoffs. <laughs> in the playoffs too. They, yeah, you, exactly. They and he'll be on the bench. He'll be on the Laker bench right, right after he retires. It, exactly. Agree because he too much knowledge to let this guy go, and he's one of the. Uh, uh, head face of the player rep guys mm-hmm. and do you guys agree with this as far as the uh and we'll get to the the cba um uh t- well the getting rid of signing guys signing guys like the white house and chris paul the lakers are talking about shopping rondo or they wouldn't have a problem with it. that's crazy who's that is crazy i mean not the lakers but the celtics but do you guys agree with this and the um and the cba and part of the contract is they can get rid of one of the top highest played players and the player is guaranteed that money, but the contract and the, the numbers uh, financially doesn't affect the um, doesn't affect the cap at all. Uh, so, which allows them to get rid of a player. Let's just say you get rid of who's the guy in, ten, in Minnesota. You can get rid of Love. Yeah. You can get rid of him, pay him, and go get two other guys for the salary you're paying this guy. That may be a lot better. Now, Love is not taking anything away from him, but he is in um, Minnesota. Uh, but you you can go do that in the ownership, and maybe it's just because it's a collective bargain. What makes it fair is that everybody can do it right now, this year. I think it's this year only. You can waive one player, isn't it? Well, you can waive, yeah, 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 you can waive one, one player. player. Yeah. Now, uh, chances are you're not going to waive your best player to get two more. And if, if if in fact you do, and he gets picked up, then you then you have to honor the contract. You have to honor the rest of the contract that wasn't picked up by the new team. Right. So I don't really think it's going to be a huge deal. I mean, it might be a huge deal for players that like Rashard Lewis, who is making you know fourteen million dollars a year and and putting up garbage numbers. Like players like that. It'll be guys sitting on a bench who getting high numbers to sit on a bench. It'll be one of those guys. It won't be your best player. But look at Gilbert Arenas. He's making through the roof money still. Over in Orlando. Yeah. And he's not even their best player. Yeah. Uh, it would be somebody like him that you can get rid of and probably bring back for less, but that cap money is not held against you. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that's fair. I don't th- I don't even know how they came up with a contract after they decertified, uh, what, a week later. And all of a sudden, two weeks later. Well, they filed for decertification. They never actually, right. they actually <laughs> didn't the actually. Yeah. So it, it, and they called their bluff, or they didn't call. Uh, they called the owners bluff, and the owners, you know, they talked fifty fifty. Well, Let's play basketball. But I can tell you right there, I think this has something to do with it. And you guys can can weigh in on it. Um, a lot of players going overseas. There's some players locked into um, contracts right now overseas uh, until March. So a lot of this have to do with. Uh, players going overseas. I can definitely see the NBA being the NBA overseas, not using the NBA uh, name and, and logos, but I can see more players playing over there. And once you get half of the NBA, now you're talking about an okay basketball association. And and now you're talking about guys getting paid and going for the money now because they it's can pay you over anymore. Your, it's not a league. It's not about the yeah, passion anymore. It's about the dollars. Because when you come out of college as one of the top guys, you think like, do, do I want to play overseas or do I want to play uh, in a National Basketball Association? Uh, and then a lot of guys were doing that anyway when they stopped guys from, uh, co- collegiate guys from coming out of college early. Now you had to go do a year or so 
in college, then you can come out, which makes no sense to me at all. Well, it, 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 it makes no sense. The way that Brandon Jennings got around it was you have to be a year out of high school. Right. That doesn't yeah. mean you have to go to college. You, and he went and played in... Um, it was in Italy somewhere, right? Somewhere. I thought it was maybe Greece, but regardless, he went he went overseas, came back, and he and he led he led his team. He was one of the best rookies of the year that next year. Well, and so, I think the NBA at some point just had to had to stop the bleeding because, like you say, when you got players that are going overseas that have got contracts, they've got to say, "Whoa, whoa, dude, this is going to cost us a lot more money in the long term." Yeah, but a lot of those players, the good players that are coming back for sure. They always have an out clause in this situation. Okay, seeing, yeah, definitely. They would yeah, have to do that if exactly. they want to play back in the NBA. But seeing all this, the NBA, uh, and knowing what happened in the National Football League with a shortened camp, uh, a lot of guys getting injuries, uh, injured, do you foresee um, it's, it's going to be a rush to sign guys, to get them into a system, to learn a system, um, so you have a dominant year or have somewhat of a, a decent year or competitive year, do you see this happening in the NBA? Because the NBA, they run it up and down the court. They only want to have two preseason games in camp, and then you have added it on to what new guys coming into your organization. I can I can see a lot of hamstrings. I can oh, see yeah. a lot of I can see Basketball a lot of is extremely hard on your body. I, I mean, people don't realize. And it, well, yeah, and the stopping and turning yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's, it wears and tears wood. on your. You better. Yeah. But basketball is a little bit easier to play game speed when they're playing all these charity events, when they're playing with all these guys. Yeah, they're scoring 70 points a game, Kevin Durant and everything. But they're running, they're getting a sweat. It's, it's only five guys on a smaller court than a football field, obviously. And I, I think that, granted, there will be injuries, and they probably will be hamstrings and, and, and the like. They won't, you know, it won't, in ACLs, but it won't be as prevalent as the NFL, obviously, because it's not as much of a context. Right, right but and it, when they get, it, it becomes a problem when you start getting banged up, you start playing low in the post and getting elbows to your chest and, and, and that aspect, because in a charity game, you can cherry pick. You're not playing defense. Sure. You're not playing defense. It's for the crowd. And, and what basketball players, I'll tell you um, what I know of, the, of getting in shape. Basketball players play um, racquetball to get in shape because they're playing it's stopping and the goal. It's yeah. blow and go. You and bet. football players play basketball to get in shape. It's just like that because you, we got a it's constant running. All right, it's keeping uh, the heart going. Right, and in basketball they have to stop and go. They have these little point guards that making you Chris Paul making you stop and go, and you have to be able to keep up with guys like that. And my sure. concern with something like a charity game is when you start practicing at that rate of speed, then what are you going to do when you start getting in with the pros? It's like you know playing at your normal speed mm -hmm. when you're playing pro against pro. It's just like going from college to the pro. And Kwame, you and I have talked about it before, is all of a sudden, you know, the guys are saying, but the game seems so much faster. You know, if your mind is starting to be recreated at that slower speed, when you start getting in against, you know, the higher level performance again, you've got to retrain yourself one more time. Right. And I think only the uh, elite guys, oh, uh, somewhat elite guys can be able to do that transcend from a... Uh, a uh, charity basketball game right. or a charity, any charity game. Well, they've done it longer right. as it, a pro. Yeah, and mentally they know what it takes. I, I, I watch guys come to camp to get in shape, uh, which was impressive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as a young guy, you don't want to be able to do that. You want to take that chance. You want to be in shape when you go to camp. That's right. So guys are able to do that. And I'm pretty happy that they actually decided to do a 66-game season because actually the championship yeah. will mean something. You know, when the Spurs won, I think it was 98, 
uh, it was it was shortened more and more, and it was just there's always an asterisk by that because they only they played a little bit over half a season. This is they get all the junk games out of the way, you know, in the beginning where people think that it should start around Christmas, anyways, the season. Yeah. So this and this might be a step in the right direction. You were we were talking about this a long time ago, and that wouldn't be a bad season because you got the college bowl season, which is important to a lot of people. I I will watch the bowl series, um, and when that's over, then the basketball season starts. But just give them a smaller ring. It'll never. It'll never. <laughs> it'll never happen because players will make less money and the owners will make less money and it, it it's a it will especially if this is a business there's no way it's gonna it's, happen. It's guaranteed. Let's get down and dirty with devil. But I want to uh, say this before we leave. And here I'm gonna read this from the uh, what's the NBA post outline. Um, teams will play 48 games within their conference and 18 non-conference games. No team will play on three straight nights more than three times. And three straight nights is unheard of in the NBA. Right, and more than three times. That's right. there's still a lot for a guy to for guys to go out there three straight nights. Okay, you take one night Recoup out, you go your three, body and then you go three go more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Let's get down and dirty. We we you know check the fan page out. You want to talk more about this or um, what's your Twitter page? Hit our Twitter page or yourclearedge.com. Right, Facebook, you know, any Facebook, of those. Because any yeah. of those, if you want to uh, talk more on the subject, and we'll and we'll post some stuff up. Cool. So down and dirty with Deborah, you can't handle the truth. That's the part that I'm seeing right now is that, you know, we're looking at the lies that we tell ourselves. When you've got somebody like Sue, who everybody looks at it and is talking about, man, you know, the guy went from dirty to filthy and, you know, what are we going to do with a guy like that? They came down with his, you know, suspensions today. My problem and what really disturbs me is the fact that things are escalating with him. You know, he's, he's, constantly uh, or continuously going to a, a heavier duty type of offense where he could take somebody's career away from them. Um, I'm concerned about the fact that what's going on with him, at what point is it going to come off the field and end up in a bar, end up at home, end up someplace other than on the field. He himself has talked about the fact that uh, uh, you know, by his own admission, he's got this mean streak. Well, I'm okay with a mean streak. This is football. You know, you don't want to be out there dancing around. You've got to be, you know, pushing and shoving and making the plays. But he's crossing over the line right now. And some of the lies that we tell ourselves, and we all do it, is a way of justifying and validating what we've just done, which is what he did in the first interview when he talked about, well, you know, I was really just trying to kind of get my balance and step over the guy. It's like, <laughs> you know, what the freak are you talking about? You know, have you not watched your own films? And then we turn around and we look at the punishment that he's gotten up until now, which has been all money. He doesn't care. You know, when you've got somebody that's acting up like that, you've got to find out what is it that matters to him because right now money isn't it. Suspension, where I think we're getting a little closer because this is all going to be an emotional type thing in order to get, get him to change his behavior and still play hard but um, change his ways of how you play hard and at what point do you draw the line. Um, and to understand that when you have a cause, which we haven't figured out what his cause yet is, and if he gets with a good, you know, somebody who can work with him to figure out what the cause is, then you can, you know, then you can look at, you know, the consequences that he's going to have from that. Because right now the consequences are going way beyond him. They're going out to his team. They're going out to the fans. They're going out to everybody that's going to watch him or play against them and, yeah, he's got some issues that need to be handled. And, and one of the things I want to ask you, I don't, you know, I agree with you right there as far as he's dominant. This guy went to the Pro Bowl his first year in the National Football League. He's aggressive. He's dominant. Uh, but there's a thin line between that and being a dirty player. Exactly. And, and what he's doing now is is kind of on the edge of being a dirty player. Well, he starts using his feet. That's dirty. Do you do you <laughs> think the two games pending uh, a, a appeal, appeal, do you think the two games – 
uh, was warranted enough because he had just he just met with Roger Goodell. He just talked to this guy. Now he has him on speed dial. He's calling and apologize. It's almost like a father son relationship. Yeah, but talk is cheap. Talk is I cheap. I don't really care what yeah. anybody says to me. I care about their behaviors, and he's not changing his behaviors. He's just defending his position. And he did this. And when he did his first apology, this would this would kind of threw me off. When I I like the guy, but this threw me off. Say I don't know if this guy's understanding what he's doing. After the situation and the Green Bay game, now you playing a rival. Green Bay's undefeated. You Detroit Lions. You having a good year coming back from where you've been. Yeah. It's it's an emotional game, and we always we always talk about football being one of the most emotional games and what it exposed as a man. Um, why are you allowed there playing the Green Bay Packers? After he did what he did, the press conference was. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't know that it was wrong that he stepped on this guy, and his excuse was he was trying to get his balance. You was you, <laughs> you was trying to get your balance when you got on one leg and left the other one up to try to stump on him. That's when you right. were trying to get your yeah, balance. Exactly. You could have got up. You already you are already dominating the game, and now all teams have to do is egg you on to get you in trouble. I, I don't. I think. Three games, I would have been fine with three games. The thing is, I look at somebody like Dennis Rodman. Now, he was really good at provoking people, but he did it very consciously. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he was always in control. Hall of Fame, Dennis Rodman. Exactly. You look at somebody like Sue, where he's headed right now, he is totally out of control. He's running purely on emotion, and he's running on the wrong emotions. (laughs) You know, I agree with aggressiveness, but this has gone beyond that. If you have... uh, I agree, but I don't necessarily agree to that extent. I think that... If say uh, Siegfried and Roy buy their tigers, and then you have you get upset with them because they maul one of the guys, one of Siegfried and Roy, whoever he mauled, you know what you got when you drafted this guy. Just pure unadulterated, pure unadulterated, just strength. And he was mean in college. So you think he was mean in college? You think he's gonna be? You think he's gonna be nice in the NFL? Great. This is gonna happen. I disagree with the way he did it with the. With uh, saying he didn't do anything wrong, who knows? Maybe that guy was talking about his mother. We don't know who anything. Cares? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, in the trenches like that, you don't know why he did what he did. Granted, it was wrong. Yes, it was wrong. But you know what you got when you drafted this guy, and he's a beast for you 95% of the time. Unfortunately, he has no respect for Roger Goodell, so he's going to do what he wants now. How many times did he get ejected out of college game? He's 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 everything you said he was. And that's why I drafted him because no, I know he would come in and be a dominant guy. Exactly, that's my point. Well, okay, but now he's a dominant, dirty guy. You can right. arguably look at this guy and say he's dirty. Yeah. Dominic Sue, I drafted him for all the reasons you said he was. I didn't see, I knew he was who he was in college. I didn't see him get ejected from a game in college because he was bigger than everybody else. So he had a reason to okay. throw people down. Now he's doing the same thing. How you how you go to the Pro Bowl if you're not dominating these guys? That's how you go to the Pro Bowl. That's how you get that name. Now he's just. He's aggressive, and that's what you want. So then I bring in a guy from Auburn to help to even make my defensive line that much more uh, potent, more, more stronger, more dominant. But he's losing his mind. He has no conscience of what he's doing when he do it. So in the trenches, you talking about the trenches? There's nothing you can say to me in the trenches that's gonna make me go off on you like that. Nothing. Nothing. It's, it's, it's just tactics. That's the difference between an elite player and a player that's just out there and going from pure survival mode. And right now he's in survival mode. And you don't know when and what's going to trigger him. Again, we're going to on and off the field. And he's costing himself some major problems. He's going to he's costing his team some problems. Him not playing in the next two games is going to cause problems because he is a good player. My problem goes to, again, going back to the whole athlete. Yes, I understand when you draft a guy, you kind of know what you're getting. But at the same time, the NFL is starting to 
realize that you've got to deal with the player as a human being and help him manage the aspect of him that's going off right now. Yeah, but it's I mean, only going to get worse. Some players can cut it off when they're off the field, correct? Yeah, like, like, supposed like, listen, so, so mean players on the field can be soft-spoken, well-spoken, nice people off the field, correct? My yeah. guys are all... Every all interview are. I hear him speak, every time he's very articulate, he's very soft-spoken, he's very to the point, he's like, you know, I don't agree with what Roger Goodell did. He's not, he's not being... Uh, he has no animosity off the field. When he gets on the field, he's doing what he's paid to do, and he made a mistake. He's gonna, playing a role in front of the camera. Right, because he's, he is soft-spoken. But the, listen to what he's saying in his soft-spokenness. And he, he's lying to himself right. as well as he's lying to everybody he else. Is that's the problem that I have is if he were able to, like other players, I mean, again, things are going to happen. I understand that, and I'm cool with you. You screw up, and then you turn around, and you fix it. But he's constantly escalating, and he's not owning up. Up to what the problem is or getting himself the help that he needs in order to stay at that dominant level and be aggressive and be that force on the team that they need him to be in that they're paying for. And I don't care how well he articulates his conversation in his uh, post-game speech or, or how what tone he uses. It's the words he's using. He is all those things, but you, you're not listening to what he's saying. He doesn't agree, which means he feels like he's going to continue doing what he's been doing because he don't agree with it until, and, and Deborah, you mentioned, you're not going to be able to find these guys and then change their because so much money they're making and then change the how they're going to go out and play the game. I I think all of us have a problem with the helmet to helmet situation that can't be avoided and then guys are getting fined. Uh, but this guy right now is just making a lot of excuses then then fixing the problem. I think he tried to in the first meeting uh, conversation he asked for a meeting with Roger Goodell, but then he goes out and do this. The problem you watched that right there. There was nothing. You watched that play against it's, the Green Bay Packers. There was nothing in there to say it's, it's, aggressiveness. Yeah, it's pretty clear. You know, there, you can't you can't get another camera angle on that that says, oh well, you know, it was kind of okay. It wasn't okay. And then he was and pushing the guy head down exactly. before he was trying to get up. And several I like times. I hate to see a guy several times, and I hate to see mm -hmm. a guy like him that dominant can control the lead. He could be like Reggie White. Yeah, he could be that guy that could. I hate to see him go down that path, and then he's not everything he was supposed to be. Here, here. That's, that's the problem. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say really fast. Albert Haines stepped on somebody's head, and then he got a hundred and ten million dollar contract. So uh, a couple years later, so it's not like it's not like this won't be forgotten in three weeks. Been. He made a mistake. Everybody is everybody is just just so much energy and so much testosterone on the field. This stuff's bound to happen. I, I'm sorry, it is. I mean, it, it a, happens every year. But he's happen. a great player, so that makes it more mag magnified than it normally would be. My biggest concern is for the player. He's a great player. He should know better. If you, if you want to call sure. him a great player. Sure, and I'm sure he does regret what he did. But here's the this problem. Is not, this is not his first incident, though. You're making it seem like this is the first time he ever got in trouble. This guy's been doing it since he's been in the league. He's, he's never been suspended, though. He's been he he been throwing for personal foul. How many personal fouls can you get in one year of being in the National Football League? He's throwing quarterback, hitting guys late, pushing quarterbacks in the back. Now, but I, people fear him. Quarterbacks fear him, and that's and what he was, and that's what he was. That's what he was drafted to do, to put fear in the quarterback. He's not drafted to ruin my team when i got to make a, a wild card run and my best one of my best players on uh, not in the game to, for the nonsense he's doing. 
and he's not and he's not being paid to in somebody else's career. Sure, right? and no, 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 and, and, and I'm not right saying now. that. Right, and I'm not saying that. No. So my here's my concern is that there's so much talk going on about this, and talk is not going to solve the problem. The problem he has is not in his conscious mind where all the conversation is going on. The problem he has, and with any player similar to him or executive or anybody else out there, it's in the subconscious mind, which is the emotional mind, which is where the memory set, which is where the trigger is happening, which is causing him to react in the way that he is. And we've got he's got to get to that aspect of him in order to fix that and still stay a dominant player. I think he's, he's just mean. That, that's it. He's just mean on the field. I don't know if there's a route. If, if see, look I'm at all the other defensive it. players yeah, out there, everybody's out there mean. There's not a defensive player out there that's not mean. It's how how well can you control your mind in the chaos? He's he's in chaos every play. He's in the trenches, as you call it. Every play, he's in that chaos. Now, how well can you control your mind to help your team win football games? That's all he's getting paid for is to win a football game, not to scare somebody. And again, he I went. And again, he went too far. Yeah, and I can tell you, when I pump my guys up on Sunday, you know, I get the phone call, they're in the locker room, they're getting ready to go through the tunnel. You know, my conversation with them is not, oh, come on, you can do really well, let's be good out there. I mean, I'm walking and talking. And, and it's I'm, a tone. You, you, tone you yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pumping them up and using their trigger words and stuff. And, you know, they go out there and they're balling the whole time. But the thing is, they don't cross the line. They're right. still mean and aggressive. They don't cross that line. And I'll say this, and we got to get out of here. Um, and I'll say this. Football exposes everything about you as a man. Your emotional, your aggressiveness, your coward, of you dominant, if you dirty, if you a smart player, it exposes those things. And right now, Dominic Sue is putting himself on front page on the stage to so we can figure out who he, this guy exactly is. Which is part of his reward right now. And Alex, yeah, he's everything you say is in. That's why I would draft him. Right. But I wouldn't draft a dirty player that's gonna cost me games. You know why sure. in free agency? They don't get guys who has been fined twice because the next time they get fined, they're going to miss the game. So why would I have this guy on my team that I know if he get another hit, it's not going to be his, it may not be his fault, he's going to get fined another game. And we need two hours to even get into this and stuff. And I guarantee you the veterans stuff. in the locker room are having conversations with him about the way he's they, playing. They did. Cal they don't like Cal Vanderbosch had a conversation with Hey, go to uh, our web pages, uh, our Twitter pages, Clancy Corner, uh, DebraDebrisYourClears.com. You can check out the fan page on uh, Facebook. If you have any questions, concerns on what we're talking about, leave us We'll talk about it later. Quam Lot Sports Talk. We'll see you guys next week. No McDonald's on Almost Call. <laughs> no Mc- well, not for me. I can't tell you what it does. <laughs> you can, but not on the air. Yeah. for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.